Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm heading down to uh, one of my favorite spots, New Zealand, and my special guest today, she is a mother of three wonderful kids. She's a business owner. She's an amazing friend. I always hear all about it from all her friends saying how much support she is. So if you were ever lucky enough to have her as a friend, you'll be very lucky. She's a director. She's a speaker, and she loves living life and getting life experiences. And she has a really great connection to chiropractic and owns a chiropractic clinic with three chiropractors in it. So welcome to the podcast, Vicki Kelly. Hey, thanks, Don. I'm so excited to be joining you. Yes. A starstruck like Don oh. McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the opposite. Back in the old days when I first met you, we went to New Zealand and I, we, were, we, were the, we were like, we were like, oh, it's Vicky Kelly. Whoa. And your energy, <laughs> for people who haven't met Vicky, her energy is so, um, it's like Care Bear energy, right? So oh. the first thing you want to do is like give her a big hug when you see her, right? So, <laughs> so I'm so excited to chat with you because normally we're, we're either at a seminar, either in New Zealand, we're in Australia, I've seen you in, in, um, in California, and um, or we're out we've for been dinner. A little bit ships in the night, though, Don. We've we've sort of been passing. I've been on one side. You've been on the other side. Yeah. So it's, it's lovely to connect. I know. So at least for now, we get to get some time together and and, and yeah. kind of dig in here because uh, we we're just talking before the podcast on some of the work that you're doing, and I know it's directly going to help a lot of chiropractors out there and and help chiropractors help other people as well. So yeah. before we get into that, let's get mm -hmm. a little bit into your history for people that might not know you mm -hmm. of how how you kind of got into chiropractic and where you grew up and all that kind of stuff. So we know, get to know Vicky Kelly. Yeah, so I grew up. I grew up in in Melbourne, in Australia, and I grew up pretty rel relatively normal normal upbringing. Although you know, I had the the normal teenage things, and got into meditation very early. So uh, as 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 part of a an an emotional journey, I think I was gifted with with contemplative practice in my late teens, and so that's that's where my love and passion for mindfulness and meditation practice comes from. And I think as a result of that, and as a result of my own yearnings around emotions, being a teenager, I started studying behavioral science. But back then, behavioral science was all about negative emotions. And so I think I'd been knocked around as a teenager by my negative emotions, and I didn't really want to study them. <laughs> and so I just, Yeah, especially <laughs> whatever you focus on expands. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. And I think that I didn't know that, that analogy at the time, but it was sort of like, wow, this is really... I could be all of these conditions. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So I think I got a fright and um, and dropped out and went and studied hypnotherapy, and I specialised in at that point in conversational trance. So and and I didn't practice as a therapist, but I went straight into training and development and uh, just stumbled across the chiropractic world. And so I have been in training and development for with chiropractors ever since sort of specializing in communication and linguistics and then um, later on uh, married a chiropractor and moved to New Zealand and and had three beautiful amazing children and probably 15 years ago reintroduced myself into the the contemplative or meditation world and started training meditation short form meditation for corporates and 15 years ago uh, I, I failed dismally in <laughs> training meditation in the corporate world. Um, but as we've seen in the last sort of five years, particularly that, that has grown and developed again. And so for the first time uh, in, in my training and development, it, it's taken, it's, it's starting to take over from other elements because it's just quite an amazing journey and quite an amazing tool to have in our toolkit. So I think I said to you, it's not the panacea, but it's certainly one of those things that boost our chances of being able to be at our best, at our most available. So, um, yeah, and now I've got three kids, two grown-up adults and one who's 15 entering high school, and they are the absolute centre of my uh, beautiful universe. 
and they're off living their dreams in their own way. And yeah, so and got an office in in Pukekohe with three chiropractors, as you mentioned. I teach at the chiropractic college in at at the best chiropractic college in the world. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we so we have an amazing program there emotional intelligence and conscious leadership and so that that is one of those things I think that I tended to get the chiropractors who which you're experiencing now Don that that uh, are burnt out are tired and wired and and wanting to do great things in the world and somehow they can lose sight of that because they're not taking care of themselves so in parallel with doing all the competencies of of being a chiropractor we're now looking at um, doing the inner work and so we're strengthening people from the inside out um, walking our talk and so that's a that's a really great program as well so and and I have a book and that's that's going gangbusters out there in the world and so it's yeah it's a, it's a busy very busy time uh, but a really exciting time so that's, that's excellent. That's me. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> there we go. Well, we get up to well, and then well, I'll ask you about where you're going in a, in a week or two here at the end because that's pretty exciting. So I want to talk. To I'll see that one for the end. That's just salting for you guys out there. So you listen to the rest of the podcast. No. Um, <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your book because, well, I, 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 you know, me, me writing my book took 15 years and, and a lot of trauma and it was, it was a scary thing to do. Um, it's torture, isn't it? Yeah, I know. So I'm, I'm really interested personally, like how did, how did the idea come about and then how did that process go for you? Well, I, th I think the idea originally came about sort of 10 or 15 years ago in when, you sort of, when you have, a, I think, a collection of experience and ideas and information and a lot, of that, a lot of those ideas and information and tools we know we should use ourselves and don't necessarily use or we use them a little bit and then, and then forget about them. And I think I just, that all came together and I was collecting information and people kept saying you need a book and I was out there speaking and campaigning and and teaching and training but didn't really have a, a book or a product um, at, at, at that time and then uh, I the last probably the last five years getting more into the the meditation side of things and really learning about the this new science called contemplative science meditation science and all of the things that I'd been doing as as a practitioner or as a teacher or a trainer, the science was starting to come out and, and let us know that we were on the right track. And so at the, the trainers out there, we were all getting really excited about this, this thing called meditation and how it, how it not only um, can cool our stress system, but is, is rewriting the landscape of the brain. And so that, that was really exciting. So I, you know, got down to writing and then I had, as I, think many of us can do I had a really difficult time in my life an awakening if you like um, a pivotal moment where I was um, driven in internally inside myself and I just went I just got writing and so uh, I started writing and putting together um, what is now mindful 2.0 and it and it it first became a, a healing process of, of writing but then a lot of that I that a lot of that's not in the book most of what's in the book is just uh, a collection of um, ideas and practices based on experience experiments and 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 things that that work out there for for people and so it's a collection of short form mindfulness practices that people can use every day and and take it around with them as a, a bit of a companion for themselves i i, I like to uh, explain to people that you're carrying a piece of my heart with you in in your bag when you when you take my book because i purposefully chose every word in there that it would liberate people in in a beautiful way and so it's it's been quite amazing um more i'm not sure whether i imagined what it would be like but you you sort of have a little imag imagining and it's um been an amazing experience meeting new people all over the world and don just like i know that that you have experienced yourself with with your book and your reach um it's one of those things that you just can't imagine being able to touch so many lives in such a, a, a meaningful way, not always a positive way, but a really meaningful way. That's cool. And so ideally, if you were to say, who is this book ideally for? How, who would be, who would this book ideally be for? Well, it's, it's, 
it sounds sort of uh, cheesy and cliche, but it's probably for everyone. Everyone. I was, I was, it's last, like chiropractic. Everyone. Yeah, <laughs> last week, it's good for everyone, good forever. Isn't that the... Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> last week, interestingly, I was... I. On one day, I started. Um, I started in a in an executive business meeting in the morning, like a business breakfast, and that was talking on mindfulness. And then I went to a, a new mums group, and so I was talking to mums about. Um, and this was particularly about breastfeeding and eye contact and the importance of that when when they're feeding that that um, getting getting the baby's brain online and particularly the empathy and and bonding pathways online then i went to a primary school and was teaching the kids how to breathe and and emotional intelligence and then at the other end of the day i was at um a friends of a museum talk and that was our our semi-retired or retired people and so i i went the full the full spectrum in one day. And so um, that's probably the, the, that in a nutshell is it's really, there are things in the book for everyone, whether or not you're uh, a meditator or not, whether you have a, have a formal practice or not. Uh, it's really probably mostly about getting uh, meditation and mindfulness practice off the cushion and into your life. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to be a meditation convert or a, you don't have to you don't have to really even want to meditate formally to be able to to utilize the practices in the book it's really about allowing your life to inform your practice and just noticing noticing when you're not paying attention and being able to pull your attention back and there's lots of great exercises that give you that opportunity so that you're more living here and less living in that um that survival primitive part of your brain, which doesn't always, it's helpful sometimes, but if, if <laughs> doesn't always catch you in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what I, what I think I'll do is first, I think we want to dive into a little bit about what is mindfulness and what is meditation. And then later on, what I might do is go through some different scenarios that a chiropractor might experience. And then maybe you can give some tips on how to throw that in there. Does that sound good? Okay, so for someone who really... Um, and again, I'm sure a lot of the listeners do know what meditation is generally, but if you're just explaining med- meditation and mindfulness or the separate difference between those two, how would you define those? So they they inform each other and they cross over and, and like um, we, we all uh, see in chiropractic, there's, <laughs> there's lo- lots of different roads to, to, <laughs> to chiropractic or to yep. the chiropractic lifestyle and there's lots of... There's um, lots of different defini- definitions. So I, I think just for us in this conversation, knowing that there are lots of dif- different definitions, the one, the one that I generally use is for mindfulness particularly because it is a, it is a bit of a zeitgeist. It's, it's growing popularity. It's just paying attention in an open and active, non-judging way. And most importantly, knowing when you're not paying attention being, and being able to pull your attention or call your attention back. And so that's, that's mindfulness in, in its essence. The, the practice of mindfulness or the practice of meditation is exactly that last piece. Knowing when your attention is somewhere else, knowing that you're, you're not knowing you're here <laughs> and being able to recall your attention through a practice whether it's a breath whether it's a pause whether it's unplugging from your devices or your life in some way and being able to be here in the present moment so me speaking and knowing that i'm speaking or sitting on this seat and knowing that i'm sitting on this seat being able to to feel the pressure of of the seat under my seat bones and knowing that and so that's mindfulness in in the the practice of Mm -hmm. Um, and there's what we know about that is that we're able to strengthen our mindfulness muscle and if we see mindfulness as like a muscle um, we're able to strengthen that and the opposite of that it it atrophies and so our attention our ability to pay attention has atrophied because of the way that we live our lives and and so my passion is helping people to understand that, to be able to notice when they're not paying attention mm-hmm. and, and be able to call that back. 
And the value of that is one, it can reduce our stresses, which is, you know, there's that um, interventive na um, nature of mindfulness, but also there's just healthier modes of the brain. And so we know that being in a slightly more open and positive state is better than being in neutral, negative or stressed. And when we're able to be that, we, are, we just make better choices naturally. It doesn't matter what they are. I just know that when we're paying attention, when we're mindful, we just make naturally better choices for ourselves, the people around us, our relationships, our health, chiropractically, emotionally, food-wise, everything-wise. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and we were talking a little bit about, uh, before the podcast, we were talking a little bit about um, kind of neuroefficiency in your brain mm. and, and talking, because I was just using an example of, you know, working with some chiropractors who um, just seem like scattered because, you know, they're kind of they're in the fix it mode where they're just, you know, they're, they're re reacting to everything in their environment and how that's exhausting. And I was wondering if you could just kind of touch a little bit on, on how does mindfulness help to free up some of that energy? Yeah. So it, it's one of those things that it, our, our thoughts, our environment, the people around us, um, keep us stuck in, in a pattern. And sometimes those patterns are really good, healthy, great patterns and then for some of us at least some of the time those patterns aren't that healthy but we're we're not paying enough attention to know which are healthy and which are not we're just sort of it's sort of like groundhog day yeah and so that's the definition the opposite of mindfulness you're living mindlessly great and and as much as um that is a a, a good thing in some ways our you know the, the maslow's uh competency levels those four levels. yeah 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 so so unconscious competence so yep. is okay but i believe there's a fifth element and it's called reflective competence and so it's being able to again drive from a to b and know that you're driving <laughs> right. being and we've all been there where we've driven from home to work and gone wow how did i get here i know i I must have used my indicator, hopefully, and stopped at some lights, hopefully. I didn't have an accident, you know. <laughs> hopefully, I didn't cause too many accidents. <laughs> but where was I? Where was I? Because I've driven that pathway for so long from A to B. I know how to do it unconsciously, but where, where am I? And we're off on our thoughts, and it tends to be on thoughts about worrying about um, the future or regretting and resenting the past, <laughs> building a story. That, that keeps us in this stress, you know, a low stress reactive mode. And because, and I call it an, an evolutionary hangover, we're wired to notice threats or wired to notice negativity more than we are to notice the positive magic moments of our life. And so our brain is out scanning for the crap, yeah. basically. For survival, 100%. Yeah. And so that was good when we were being chased by a saber tooth. <laughs> Exactly. However, the, the saber tooths now show up in form of deadlines and debt and and relationships that um, are not serving us or not serving the people that that are around us. Um, chasing numbers in chiropractic, um, ch yeah. chasing chasing the whole you know trying to plug up the hole in the bucket, uh, chasing chasing health um, poor health decisions, all of those sorts of things, and so. Mindfulness just helps us being able to to pause just for a moment, even if it's a three breath pause, just take a pause and recall our attention, gather our attention in a positive way, just allows us to reset our system, not unlike an adjustment, to yeah. reset our system and free up some neural energy, free up some brain energy so that we can reset our system and create that homeostasis or that balance and when we're in that state that rest and digest state amazing things can occur whether it's just that we digest and and nourish our food in a in a in a great way or whether we can just notice wow we're really thinking that thought a lot how can we shift that if we want to shift that and there's lots of ways we can do that or we can just be we can just take a breath Notice nature around us. Notice that actually there are some really cool things in the world and there are some really cool people in the world or that I can connect with you in a really meaningful way, Don, just because I maintain some eye contact in, in 
an appropriate non-creepy way. I, t I talk about that with the kids. <laughs> appropriate non-creepy eye contact yeah. <laughs> is, is a mindfulness-based technique, you know, and, and for the first time, which is ironic for people like us in our generation, but for the first time in the last two years in my training and development history of about 20 years, I've been invited into the corporate world, into front, training frontline people in eye contact. I'd never been invited to train young people in eye contact before because we're losing, it's one, that's one of the, um, the senses, if you like, that, that we're losing is our ability to, to be able to have some eye contact with people because most of us spend our time, particularly our young people, hooked into our screens. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Avoiding eye, eye contact at all, at all. <laughs> At all, possibly. and I find it like especially chiropractors. If you've hired any younger staff, which a lot of times we do, mm. um, that's one thing we've really noticed too in the last probably five to ten years is that yeah. we've never ever had to actually train a chiropractic assistant to actually look at someone in the eyes and say hello. And yes. we have to in role a, play in an appropriate, non creepy yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, and and the funny thing is, at first they're super uncomfortable. At like it yes. makes them super uncomfortable. And so yeah. it's just interesting that they haven't, they've kind of lost that ability. And it's, and it's, it's literally they're, they're, they've un, unwired their brains, you know, neurons that wire together, fire together, neurons that no longer wire together, no longer fire together. And what we're, what we're learning in contemplative science is if we're not doing, doing these things that, that biologically wire us together and connect us as humans in this Thing called our human condition then the brain's going to the brain's really cool and it's going to go hang on a minute we don't need that resource that that pathway anymore let's redirect it to somewhere else Great. and so those it just rewires in a way we we unravel particularly the bonding and empathy pathways we yes. unravel that and those resources are used in other areas mm -hmm. and so Part of part of my mindfulness work and my contemplative work is to look at those things that are being unraveled out of the brain, particularly in our young people, and start firing them again in really positive ways. And that comes through just pausing, taking a breath, noticing our surroundings, sitting and knowing, you know, just being noticing when we're we're offline and yeah. calling ourselves back online. Um, do you have any examples of people that you've worked with over the years? And just so someone could maybe um, visualize what it's like for, say, an unconnected, unmindful person, and then they've done mindfulness work, and then what kind of changes did they experience in their life after? So, so probably the main, um, one of the main uh, contemplative or meditation or mindfulness practices is, is breath. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to utilize our breath and particularly when it comes to um, stabilizing and balancing out our, our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system is, is the out-breath. So it's the out-breath that, that tickles, if you like, our, our rest and digest system. And, and so being able to focus on just our out-breath is one of the most powerful tools that, that I could offer anyone uh, in just taking, pausing and taking, a, you know, just that three breath pause and just lengthening our out breath a little, that will change your life as a practitioner or a CA. It will, if you can get your people taking a um, three breath pause before you get your hands on them as, a, as yeah. a practitioner, that's going to prime their nervous system in a really powerful way just to, to get them ready for this, this healing exchange that you as a chiropractor are going to facilitate or, or us as CAs are going to facilitate through our words, through our, our touch, through our eye contact, through the, our environment. And so um, breath is one of those ways that is just an instant, an instant um, way to reset. And it's really cool because we don't have to remember to pack it in our bag in the morning. We've always got our breath. Right. We often don't remember that we are breathing. But it's one of those, it's one of those uh, resources that's just a, a really powerful tool. It's a powerful tool mm -hmm. to be able to just cool our system off, to reset our system and, and drop us in to, our, to the zone.
And, and that's, you said that's, so you, you do a three second pause at the end of your exhale or how do you do that? Three seconds just, to. No, it, I just call it a three breath pause. So all you're doing is noticing that you're breathing for three breath cycles. Ah, okay. Wow. So it's just, yeah, just being aware of what you're doing. Oh, that, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Just being aware, noticing, noticing the feeling of that water passing down your throat as it goes and it's probably hitting your tummy now and it feels quite cold if it's icy water. Yeah. Yeah. Just noticing that as a mindfulness practice. Right. That's cool. So and I like to go over a couple different scenarios for car. And again, mm -hmm. I'll ask you some, some, um, your d double hats. Cause you got lots of different skills that you, that you have. Uh, and one's on, on CA training. Cause a lot of times we've, uh, we've seen you speaking at seminars, um, uh, training CAs and you do an amazing job with that. I love CA. So for chiropractors, and, and again, a lot of this will probably be probably similar, but I'll just have it a different aspect. It'd be like talking to the children about mindfulness, talking about the seniors for mindfulness and all that kind of stuff. Probably yeah. the basics are still the same. But let's just go to a chiropractor who's just opening their practice, mm -hmm. and they feel kind of overwhelmed because they have nobody, and they have to get out there and meet a bunch of people to, to just start to grow their practice, and they feel kind of panicky and almost in a free state. Um, what kind of, what kind of, if you're talking to that chiropractor, what would you say? <laughs> what would I say to it? To a new, to a new chiropractor? Yeah, a new chiropractor, yeah. It's going, first of all, it's going to be okay. You're not alone. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, it's not and, the universe's first rodeo at this. <laughs> exactly. And then what you're talking about at the chiropractic school, you're giving out Zen bombs too, right? <laughs> yeah. So in, at the chiropractic college, and, and that's one of the things probably you've highlighted when, when a chiropractor starts practice, um, they, they finish their studies and the, the first thing they do is, is breathe that big sigh of relief um, because they, they made it, they, they made it. But I think sometimes they forget and we all forget, oh, we've made it, but then you've got to step up, breathe in again because you, you haven't made it, it's just started. It's not even the beginning of the beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so uh, they're um, often at the end of their studies, they're already tired and wired. They're, so they're already burnt out from their, from their studies, from trying to um, cross the eyes and tick all the boxes to get to this thing called a, a DC degree. N now I am a DC. Yes. So now I've arrived. Surely the, the, everyone, the patients are just going to start flowing. They're going to they're, they're be bashing down my door. <laughs> It doesn't always happen. Sometimes it happens that way. Occasionally it happens that way. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time, because of the state that the, the chiropractor is in, their, their environment, the people, the, the state of their health, their body, their own, their own vitality, doesn't set them up necessarily for being a thriving practitioner out there and being a, a, a model example for this thing called um, vitality and youthfulness and and thriving yeah. and so they they tend to go into practice in a survival state and so then that's going to liberate and they're, they're creating the conditions we create the conditions um, whatever they are and then we attract the equal and so they're in survival so they attract people in the same state uh, and just from a logistical point of view that's not really a great place to, to begin a sustainable level of practice. And so whether it's a month, six months or a year, what you and I see as uh, coaches or trainers or supporters out there um, in the world is some pretty burnt out, uh, frazzled, highly distracted chiropractors who are often not only trying to support themselves, but now they're supporting maybe a family and staff yep. and not doing it very effectively because first and foremost, they're not doing their inner work. And so that's, that's really where this uh, mindfulness-based approach to training chiropractors came from at the college was we need to take care of our students so that by the time they graduate, they're in a state that they're able to create a sustainable, thriving practice life. Mm -hmm. which includes taking care of themselves, taking care of the people around them, being open and available to serve so that the creating the conditions for the people that they attract into their offices 
for the best healing to occur mm -hmm. because there is, you know, the patient has a responsibility too within that. And so um, mindfulness practice, being able to take that three breath pause, being able to do your, your self care, your inner work is a really important part of that. And so merely, merely by the first thing you do in the morning, it, it, when you wake up as a chiropractor or as a student or as a person, as a CA mm -hmm. is just before you roll over and check how many likes you have, you've got on your latest Facebook post or Insta post or whatever your social media addiction is before you engage into your day, just take some breaths and just be notice what you can be grateful for that, that you got to wake up this morning that it is another day and there that you have at least one person, hopefully in your world that, that um, means the world to you or you mean the world to them. Just do that. And that, that the way we start our day is the way we live our day. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I have, I have a formal practice and I practice um, at least eight hours meditation a few times a week overnight but those other days that I'm not doing my formal practice, that's the first thing I do in the morning is wake up and just be grateful for the day. Even if I don't feel like it, actually, especially when I don't feel like it. <laughs> that's when you need it the most, right? <laughs> that's when you need it the most. And so those, those self-care routines that we have and, and mine are around um, being able to be mindful, those self-care routines, whatever they are, and, and we all have we all have them. We know, you know, it, it's not information is not necessarily new things, and we don't net we don't need a lot of new ideas. We just need to be online. We need to have our brain online enough to be able to make it make that good decision. And so it's it's being able to this the second part, which is that you know delaying gratification, being able to regulate our behaviours, being able to um, create a space between impulse and action. So being able to want to say that thing but not because we're disciplined enough to be able to do that. The precursor to self-regulation is self-awareness. Right. And so it's, it's, and that is being present. So thinking and knowing that I'm thinking, being angry, and going, whoa, I'm, this is anger. What does this feel like? It feels hot in my body. It, I feel tense here. Not necessarily doing anything about it at that point. That's mindfulness. That's saying, being able to label it. Right. When we can mention it or label it because we have awareness, we can manage it. Mm -hmm. But we can't manage it when we're not aware of it. And so often we... we invest and spend lots of time looking for the new tool, the new tool, the, the panacea. This is going to be the thing. If, yep. if all, if I can just do this and take this action, then my life's going to change. Well, it, well, it will when, when you can remember to take the action, but if you don't train the, the awareness muscle so that you are aware of it to take the action, mm -hmm. then you're done for <laughs> because well, yeah, because yeah. You're, you're you're in this groundhog. We rely so much on our environment, our people, on cues out there that keep us stuck. Mm -hmm. And so, unless we uh, can be attentive and train our our attention muscle, when we train our attention muscle, the stronger my attention muscle gets, the better I am able to be the best version of myself. And right. it doesn't take another idea, another thing, another. It's just my aim is to help people to train their attention. Because when, as I said right at the beginning, when we're here, when we're present, when we're mindful, we know what to do. That's, and I, we just, I've just experienced with some of the chiropractors we work with, um, that they, they are, they, they say, I know I should do a morning routine. And <laughs> then they borrow other people's morning routine. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but when you explain it, I was joking. Cause if you explain, if something really gets you going, usually when you explain it, you don't go, Oh, I get up and I read this uh, paragraph and then I, and then I do a gratitude. Like usually it'd be more exciting. Like you're in your physiology. Yeah. Going, I, I really enjoyed to do this. So, so for people, and I know, I know you've kind of described it, but I'm just kind of asking it back to you is that you're talking more about 
getting a ritual, doesn't matter what it is, as long as you get the feeling, your feeling or awareness, when a lot of people are just looking for the tool and they're mm-hmm. boring someone else's tool when that might not get you to that same result. Exactly. And, and, it, and it may, it may, it, it certainly, and I, and this, there's so many, there's so many tools and ideas out there and mm. many of which work, some work, some don't. And, and you've got to do it by your design. And so you can, it's no use doing something and hoping that it's going to work if it doesn't work. <laughs> Just keep right. doing it because it worked for that person. Well, it might right. be different for, right. for you. But if it's not working for you, throw it out and try something new. But you can't throw it out and try something new if you can't, can't mention it and measure it and know that it's not working. If you just mm-hmm. keep doing it, definition of insanity, doing the same thing, expecting something different, right. the precursor to that is having that awareness, is having that awareness and not judging it, what right. it whatever it is. You might wake up in the, in the morning and feel crap. You know, it's, you might have be going through a really difficult phase in, in your human condition, mm-hmm. being able to just notice that I'm, this is the way I'm feeling and take some action anyway. Mm-hmm. Knowing that trusting that this too is going to pass, whatever it is, joy passes, sadness passes, but it's yeah our emotions are are not designed to be long lasting and so uh, they're they're designed to be very short and and they they create short chemical bursts in our brain and our system yeah when we hold on to our emotions though that's when they become a mood or a state what right. we're really good at holding on to is our negative emotions mm-hmm. however if we have awareness i'm not necessarily if, if i can be aware oh this is reactive anger i'm reactive and angry okay this is not where i want to be let's take some breaths it's not judging it it's just oh this is what it feels like in my system and just by that the emotion will go because i don't then start to ruminate on why am i angry oh my goodness oh that's right it was don mcdonald yes i didn't like what he wrote on facebook this morning and <laughs> I hold on to that all day. You don't know that I've held on to it all day, but I hold on to that. And then I become reactive with my staff or my kids or my patients or my, because I'm not, I don't have this thing called awareness. I've, I've let my awareness, I've let, I've let my uh, awareness go. I've let the anger, my reactive state own me. And so all mindfulness practice does is stop your, um, emotions from owning you all of the time not not um yeah it's it's doesn't it doesn't work a hundred percent but it just doesn't you just won't be owned all of the time it boosts your chances of not being owned by the person that cuts you off on the road right and ten, i think you know 10 hours later yeah and, <laughs> and i think the cool thing about awareness is people are always trying to, you know, uh, find their inner voice or find their, their, their calling or be intrinsically motivated or intrinsically driven. And probably the more you, you create that uh, awareness, self-awareness muscle, that is tapping into that because self-awareness kind of, I think, isn't that linked to that inner wisdom? Well, yes. And, and aside from there's the, there's the whole esoteric side of mindfulness of, of this, the spiritual element. And, I don't necessarily, uh, I have my own um, beliefs and, and ideas about, about that. Yeah. And I believe that when, when I can drop in and be conscious, this is the, this is the newest part of my brain. It's the, it's, you know, one, it's relatively evolved and it's the seat. I believe it's the seat of my consciousness and it's where I'm highest, most connected with my higher self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what I believe. And there's lots of detractors that, that don't necessarily believe that. Yeah. And then at the other, the other end of, of that is the, the pure science that um, taking a breath is just good for your brain. <laughs> it's just to make it easier. <laughs> yeah. And so there's the, there's the spiritual, you know, the, the esoteric value of mindfulness practice. There's the, the biological science-based 
value of, of meditation mindfulness practice. And in the middle, there's this beautiful rainbow <laughs> of all of the benefits on, and, and really the benefits to you individually or me individually uh, is the most important thing. And equally, and probably the, the, the ultimate goal is what that means for us in our human connection. Great. Because it's, it's when, I'm, when I'm mindless, I'm not only disconnected from myself, I'm disconnected from everybody around me. I'm, I'm offline. I'm offline. You know, I'm offline from, from being connected. And because, because, and particularly in chiropractic, where, where, um, where we, we all are biologically wired to connect and bond with others. And that's how we've survived and thrived and grown. And, and that's how we're here today. And yet much of our lifestyle, our current lifestyle, uh, prunes away at that and, and disconnects us. And as, as particularly as we come more, become more automated uh yeah the human the human element that human connection is being lost and and i'd suggest for many for many patients practice members clients or people for many people coming into chiropractic offices uh it may be the only human contact or touch particularly that they have all week or all month and i think it it is important it's our responsibility as CAs as chiropractors to be present with that person for that moment in time because if that's the only contact the only human contact they have the value of being present and connected with that person is has a spillover effect that that none of us will will ever understand but it does and so I I feel like in chiropractic um, being able to to be present and mindful, and yeah, I mean, lots of our our great mentors in chiropractic called it PTC, and so PTC, present time consciousness, is essentially just mindfulness. Right. <laughs> being able to being able to be present for our people is uh, one of the cornerstones of being being um, successful, being influential, being being the best chiropractor that you can be or the best person you can be within within your your service of love whatever that is and so it's yeah it's it's one of those it's one of those elements of chiropractic that i think can be forgotten sometimes and yet and people like you and brandy and and lots of others out there have have that um gift organically and you're you're um, paying that forward and allowing it to spill through so many people out there so it's yeah i'm, I'm very well, honored to be here <laughs> well i'm well, honored to have you here my dear uh, i i just think well even just talking to you uh, you guys can't hear us because you're on a podcast but she just whenever you're talking to vicky she's looking right in your eyes and she's just like right focused and present and and i think even our practice members or patients can can really appreciate i just think of myself when i go anywhere when someone pays attention to you and mm. it's present with you, like you almost have an appreciation. It? It's an appreciation that you have for them. It doesn't yeah. even matter what it is. You know, I had a, an older guy just today, I was getting a stain for our, our deck. <laughs> and, and, and we have a thing called Home Depot and you have these retired guys who work in there and they just kind of putz around, but they're like so excited to talk to people because they're, that's how they get their connection. They're not working because yeah. they have to work. They're working there because they're retired. And you just yeah. even just, so excited about telling me about this little paintbrush that goes around these corners. <laughs> I I just appreciated that because it's like it's just it's, having that. Oh, imagine if chiropractors could be so passionate as the yeah. paintbrush guy. <laughs> and I only spent like I think four dollars on my little paintbrush guy, but I totally bought it because I was like, wow, this is so exciting. I can paint around these corners, and it's like really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this will lead perfectly into what are you doing in a couple of weeks. You have a little, you have a little uh, excursion you're going on to. Why don't you share it with everyone? It's, well, it's so, it's so exciting. I get to, um, I get to hang out with some of my favourite geeks in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the, one of the great things about about being able to be out there and and work with young people, old people, babies, chiropractors, CAs, is I get to be out there and play, and. I don't have to be in a laboratory uh, doing all these, doing the, all these, all this research because we have um, beautiful, amazing researchers 
our, our science geeks who who just that is their passion and their world and so um, I get to take the, the the contemplative science of of the things that are working, the things that we're experimenting with, and take them back and and give them to the geeks, who then take them and turn them into to some data for those um, that data is important to, which is it, it tends to be. Uh, and next in yeah, in a few weeks, I've been applying to UC Berkeley uh, in the Greater Good Science Centre. And for anyone interested in um, positive psychology or meditation practice or um, contemplative science, if for anybody interested in that, the Greater Good Science Centre, to just jump online and join that, subscribe to that is a really great place to get lots of the latest um, cool offerings and ideas out there that of what's happening out there but I I've been applying to go to UC Berkeley as um, in their one-week residency program for the last few years and this year for the first time I was accepted so I'm one of, 15, <laughs> one of 15 people who are practitioners and and trainers who get to go up to the Greater Good Science Centre and spend a week at UC Berkeley learning about what the latest science is learning about uh, from each other, how we're taking that those offerings out into the world and, and what's what's happening out there, whether it's whether it's um, emotional intelligence programs or so it's it's all around the social emotional learning programs that are that are out there in the corporate worlds in schools people are recognizing that not only do we have to teach our kids how to um, read and write and and do the science we've also got to teach them how to to love themselves to learn um, to to be around each other we've got to teach them how to do the inner work the emotional well-being side of things and that's not only within schools it's now at the corporate level it's within our um, tertiary um, schools I last week I was at the um, surgeons surgeons uh, theater 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 staff which includes surgeons and theater nurses and and nurse practitioners teaching teaching them about empathy um, because wow. they've recognized that it's it's been it gets ripped out of them and caught out of them and you know don't be too empathetic because you'll get too connected and now you know 40 years on we're recognizing that oh hang on a minute it's an important part of this healing exchange now in chiropractic we've always had that and and it's something that we would never allow to be trained out of us although sometimes our our schooling it it, it takes a bit of a pause a, a sabbatical right. <laughs> because we're we're focused on other things but so i'm going to uc berkeley to, to hang out and to reconnect with with um that part of the world that gives us so much um they they do so much work in in their in their research labs so that we can take the contemplative science out to the world in a practical way and allow people to to utilize the things that that we know work but also not only that the things that that we have based on experience that have worked so it's 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 that and and we see it in chiropractic all the time it's you know would would I stop meditating because science said that it didn't work anymore? Absolutely not. And I think, Great. you know, would people stop adjusting people just because some science study said that, that um, you know, adjustments don't work? Absolutely not. And it, it's, it, it's one informs the other. And yeah. sometimes there's a lag time in one or the other. And so I'm heading up to UC Berkeley to, to, to spend some time with these people to re-inspire re and ignite myself, but also to re-inspire the science um, department that they're doing great work and we're taking it out there to the world and it's making a difference. And it, it, yeah, so it's very, very exciting to be learning all the, all spending time with, with great people who are doing great things in their part of the world and being able to then bring back, that into my parts of the world which include um chiropractic because it's one of those things that i i think i took a little break from chiropractic but then you recognize that now the new chiropractic chiropractic is my people yes <laughs> it's my happy place you know that's excellent so 
our time has almost come. It went by really fast. Um, I like to give the last few minutes uh, to my guests on the on the show just to share whatever is top of mind that might help to inspire the chiropractors out there or staff or CAs um, or students. There are students that listen to this podcast too that might feel kind of uninspired or frazzled or anything like that. And what kind of parting words of uh, wisdom would you like to leave with them? Oh. <laughs> uh... Just know you're not alone. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, that this life that we have is, and particularly as, as passionate, inspired, connected people, is a life that sometimes can feel, you feel like you're on a bit of an island, but know that, that you are never alone and there's always someone out there who has walked the path that you're walking now and who is willing to lend a helping hand and just ha and be a listening ear and make sure that um, you're available to that. Uh, often we, as chiropractors, as CAs, as um, trainers, can get into a place of feeling like that we have to help heal the world constantly and forget that uh, part of the healing exchange is being available to be healed and supported ourselves. And so uh, opening yourself up and taking that breath and being available for yourself and for those around you to uh, support and be supported is a really important part of being a hugely influential and a successful practitioner CA person out there in the world. That's awesome. And so if someone was like, man, I need to get this book, how, how can they get a copy of your book? Oh, the plug zone, the Vicki Kelly plug zone. You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> You can go on to vickikelly.com and there'll be, there'll be a book that, uh, a, a, a survey you can do to see whether where you're at um, in terms of how mindful you currently are or mindless you you may you may be experiencing right now. Um, so yeah, you can just jump on jump online to vickikelly.com and have a look. There's some resources there. Um, send me an email, vicky at vickikelly.com, uh, if you have any questions or you're wanting any particular. Uh, practices for your specific areas um, but particularly for your people just get them taking a three breath pause before you uh, take care of them uh, to prime their nervous system to be able to receive and integrate the amazing adjustment experience that I know all of the people listening will be offering their people every single day in their practices. Wonderful well thank you so much for being on my podcast I appreciate it so much Vicky. Thanks, Don. Thanks, people. Lots of love. <laughs> so, everybody, um, I'm just going to leave with one thing because the one thing is be mindful. And when you're mindful, you can crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.